Oh, yeah, loud and clear. Perfect. Okay, we're going to go fast and quick here, boys. Coming to you live from West Point, Nebraska, Matt Lautner. I am tired of being in the state of Nebraska, but I've had so many extra calls this year. That's just the uh, harm of having so many damn bulls that people are liking, I guess. And I'm not bragging. I'm just speaking the truth. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by David Bradford and Zach Griman. And this show is all about the history of the business. Plus, uh, you know, we try to keep it informational. And a lot of the times, if you haven't noticed already, I'm always jacking around being a, being a smart guy. And I hope that everybody enjoys it. But, uh, Dwayne Hilbert, I mean, you talk to any of the old school, the, the John Griswolds, the Dean Kepharts, the Phil Lautners. I guess I would know him personally. Uh, and they'll tell you Dwayne was the man. Just a personal story before we start with David and Zach. Uh, back in the good old days in the 90s, uh, Dwayne and Phil would run around South Dakota, maybe sell them semen separately in separate cars, and then they'd recoup back. They were both kind of cheap asses. They would recoup back at the Super 8 Motel in Kimball, South Dakota, and they'd start with that full uh, handle of black velvet at about 7 p.m., and by golly, by about 11 p.m., that sucker was half gone, and the stories got really interesting later in the night. I wished I was older so I could kind of remember some of them. I was just a young punk. That was even before my young punkness. That was my preteen young punk years. But uh, darn sure, I'm sure that my imitation of Dwayne will come out before the interview is over. I don't know if I still got it. It's been a lot of years since I've done my Im Dwayne imitation. So that's a long lead in, boys. But uh, David and Zach, if you guys could just interact about Dwayne Hilbert. And yeah, this this is David. Dwayne Hilbert and Shiny Hilbert was, were my uncles. And, uh, you know, I grew up, I mean, I grew up showing cattle. And I loved cattle since I was two years old. But those guys there, they, they started selling back in the late 60s, I believe, and early 70s. And, and, I mean, they sold them all over the country, had Texas sales and sales up here for Springborns and in the Midwest and and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they were, I guess, like, I guess back in the day, Dwayne was like one of the premier clippers and fitters of the day back in the 70s and early 80s. I mean, he changed a lot of the industry as far as that. But, you know, I mean, I guess as far as, you know, they just, uh, they had Texas sales and, and they'd sell you know, 100, 120 head of fallborns down there on them Texas sales down there. And like at Beasley Sale Barn there, where's mm -hmm. the Brandon Horn lives, that same town there. I mean, they have I sales there. Anson, Anson, yeah, I believe. Anson, yep. And then, yep. so, I mean, they, they had sales from, I think, about the mid-70s or late 70s there all the way up to the first part of the 90s, 91, 92. Here is my best Dwayne Hilbert story. And, David, maybe you've heard it and maybe you haven't, but I want to. I want to get it out there, and, and we'll have some interaction about it. So yep. I was told that Dwayne was up in South Dakota looking at calves out on the reservation at Jake Long Breakler. That's out there west of the river. Uh, maybe priced a calf, wanted the calf. They were out in the middle of a 1,000-acre pasture, and uh, the price maybe came in a little higher than what Dwayne wanted. And according to the story that I heard, Dwayne Hilbert left him in the middle of the pasture and drove back to town. <laughs> yeah, I heard that story. Dwayne would do that. Yeah, there's all kinds of stories, them guys. I mean, it is what it is. That's a unique story. Well, the calf probably, he probably wanted 400, and the calf was probably worth 200 back in those days. It's just a funny story, but, uh, I mean, 
All right, I'm ready to do it. Eh, eh, short little chubby bugger. Short little chubby bugger. You want them short bodied ones? The best Dwayne Hilbert impression in my 30, in my 40 years is uh, Chad Foreman. Man, that guy can knock that apart. He can do it. He can do it. <laughs> so, a good one too. Travis Otterstadt, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. Travis Otterstadt, I know you're listening. And guess what? You and Steve are going to be on my show, brother. You just wait. Baylor's setting it up. There's two things uh, top of mind that I know that we need to talk about. Number one would be 1990 or 91. A little guy by the name of David Bradford wins the uh, National Western Stock Show and takes home the Little Red Dodge or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, another one would be. A little bull they called Who Made Who? Who, who Made Who? Yep. And uh, if you and Zach, I, Zach, we need to get you in here, buddy. I know that you're not balls deep into the whiskey yet, but uh, just <laughs> give me, you two interact a little bit on the 19, what was it, 1990 or 1991? It was Denver. 1990. Okay, so, and then I, as we get into it, now I'm getting even more ideas. So you and Zach, okay. I'm going to give you two the floor. You talk about that steer and then the... Uh, the Frick steer or whatever that won in 99 sure, clipped clipped him, yeah. clipped him. And I just remember him seeing that steer in the yards that year. Well, in 1990, I had a steer and he was a stilt, which is, which was a bull that Dwayne promoted that won a lot of steer shows. And Dwayne sold this steer on, on, I think, you know, probably the Elgona sale. He had a sale here in Elgona as a, you know, springborn. He sold that calf and that calf was actually reserved main at the Ohio state fair. And Dwayne got him back because he said he wanted him back. He didn't ever win nothing big and had to get rid of him. And, and, uh, and I mean, I showed him in Denver. That calf was pretty big. I mean, that was back in the day where you could give him Lasix and things like that and get away with it. But, I mean, that calf was heavy. But he was a stilts. And, I mean, we took that one. And then we had a Sugar Ray that we took out there. And Dwayne thought the one that won was just going to be too big. But he wasn't. I mean, the Sugar Ray was nice. And there, we showed him his mains. And uh, we won the mains with that stilts, and then them Schneiders out there got reserve main. I think that's true with probably from Sturwalt. I'm not sure. And I, if I remember right, we went grand reserve out of the mains. I mean, I won the steer show with that. And, yeah, they gave away a little red Dodge pickup that year, and they gave one away the year before uh, to a family in Oklahoma there that had it. And I'm pretty sure mine's the only one that's around. They only gave two away. So it's pretty neat to have that around here. I, I, I appreciate that thing more than I ever have. But yeah, I mean, we won that steer show. And then, in fact, I mean, Dwayne, you know, he, he won. I know there's guys nowadays that won Denver more than anybody has, like Bonham and, and probably even Bobby May. I mean, but back in those 80s and 90s there, I mean, even the 70s, Dwayne had my cousin Greg, he had grand and reserve in Denver one year. And then, I mean, Dwayne won Denver like five or six times the steers that we've sold and showed whatever. And then I think four reserves. But he was the king of Denver back in the 80s and 90s, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we had that steer of Ferks, which was a Who Made Who. Um, and Dwayne and Phil owned Who Made Who together. But I can give you a little story on Who Made Who real quick. Damian Gallagher raised that bull. And I, I just remember this because Dwayne was bidding on that bull. And he knew that Phil was bidding on him, too. And I, may be, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he called Phil up and told him, you better partner with him because he wasn't going to quit. And that's how they partnered. Remember, I think the bull brought 11250 and Dwayne and Phil bought two-thirds of them, and Damien kept a third and maybe sold out to Dwayne and Phil after that. So, so can I tell my Who Made Who story? In year two, and I've been in this position a couple of times in my career where you don't know exactly what you got. You like your bull, but, uh, you know, you never know until they get out there and get in the 
get populating the, the herds of America. I mean, I'm just going to tell the story, as I said the other night. It is the story, it is the truth, and it is what it is. Phil called uh, Kirk Forsyth from Ohio and said, I think this who made who is a bad MFer. Uh, we probably need to try and get Hilbert bought out. Phil had Kirk Forsyth contact Dwayne saying that he wanted to buy the bull who made who from Dwayne and Phil. Yeah. Playing both sides of the ball. Kirk Forsyth was able to buy Dwayne Hilbert's part out on the bull. And during that time, there was interaction between the Mr. LF and uh, Dwayne about uh, that that bull was probably just going to throw him too straight. I believe one side of the equation was pushing the other side to sell, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, as it turned out, uh, Kirk bought Dwayne out, sent him the check. Long story short, uh, Bill bought Kirk's interest. Phil, Phil owned at, it all, which, it, like Phil, you said, yeah, it is what mm -hmm. it is. Uh, the gentleman involved, Mr. LF, that's uh, something that a guy can choose to do if you want to. To finish up that story, uh, I mean, who made who? I mean, it's part of the story. Went oh, on, yeah. and uh, most of the calves were sound enough, even though maybe one one side of that partnership, Mr. LF, was kind of encouraging Dwayne to uh, sell because those calves were just going to be too unsound. And uh, long story short, who made who well, went on to sell a couple of dollars for steer right. sales, like a couple of years sale, uh, lag in sales. And then he returned to the marketplace as a maternal sire. That is yeah. just amazing. That well, bull was what I would call plenty straight. Now, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. He was just plenty straight as was. a baby calf. And uh, for, for, for him to return to the marketplace as a maternal sire, and they are dang good cattle, is just truly a lesson in how genetics works and that you don't always have to have the perfectly sound sire or inversely the perfectly sound mother but if you cross the two knowing knowing your your cow and your bull you can create some beautiful things as far as show cattle goes right but well, uh called him maternal because the cows were so good getting or the calves were good out of the who made who's from right. the up calf bulls i mean well that's well, Zach will like this. The main thing was who made who was half Angus. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. That's what kind of kept him that way, I believe. Gave him a little more mother ability, probably. But yeah, that story on who made who's, I mean, pretty close to that. I mean, and I, I would, Dwayne was happy with it. He was like fine with it. I was more mad about it than anything, but Dwayne was like, whatever. He, because he knew mm -hmm. all the expenses of, of mm -hmm. like the advertisement and all that. Yeah. But I just, I, I, I think he gave, I think he got 10000 out of the bull, and he got a bunch of semen, too, on a certain bull. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I wouldn't do that to my friends. I mean, Phil and Dwayne were good friends. Yeah, I'm not trying, to, not trying to question that part of it. They were. What I am trying to question is the business practice of selling out your friend. Yeah. That bull went on to make bucks for the old man, and that's great. Congratulations. You yeah. won the prize, buddy. But uh, at the end of the day, those stories are going to get retold. And Oh, who made who? There was a breeder up in North Dakota. I believe it was Koski. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, had a double bred who made who. They called all about who. Yeah. So this little sucker that might be just a little bit straight in, in terms of some people's evaluations, we're going to double cross that for the all about who cross. And by gosh, those calves were pretty darn good. Oh, well, I'm telling you right now that he, he was, they used him probably more on heifers than who made who. Because heifer, who made who worked on heifers, but all about who really worked. Like Rick Schultz, especially out in Nebraska, used a pile out of, of, of a lot of mm -hmm. who, all about who. 
Yeah. But I mean, honestly, those cattle were probably just as good or better than than who made who. They just probably wasn't used enough. But we had we had one one year went to Denver. He was a reserve division in Denver with fat steer. So, but like that's that's the thing with going back on who made who is you know we displayed him in Denver and all that. And I mean that that calf was a freak. He was just different. And I clipped that calf here at home. I I just roughed him out. Dwayne would not let me clip that calf anymore. And his uh-huh. tail head just was not right. It bugged the hell out of me. And I clipped him in Denver there after the first day. I, you know, I just went over him a little bit. But, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was the start of just being the freaky haired ones. We took who made who and back the, as a two year old. And the TH and PH and the TH and PHA free version of uh, the, the big haired ones, too. Yeah, problems. Yeah, the bulls maybe threw them a little straight. But I mean, there was a lot of steers that won a lot of shows. I mean, oh, yeah. Lots oh, yeah. of shows. Like when we were talking about that FERC steer that got reserved in Denver that year, I think it was 2001 or 2000. I think it was 2001. I mean, that calf was extremely good. I mean, that calf, Bobby May beat us with, I think, I think it was uh, his niece there, that chocolate colored, I think probably a full flush if I remember right. But, you know, yeah. Steerwald helped me clip that steer out in Denver. I roughed him out here at home, but we had a pen of five and we had a bull on display and like, I just couldn't do it all. So Kirk mm-hmm. helped me clip that calf out out in the yards and yep. yeah he came to life and i mean that calf i mean bobby will probably be listening to this but i still think that calf should have won that show but hey that's it is what it is getting reserved oh, yeah. still pretty so good bobby bobby won with the chocolate one didn't he? yeah he won with that chocolate one you remember that at all matt i remember i mean i just remember that uh well, bobby nice won calf. with the chocolate and he was yeah. uh probably a little bit harder full flush looking but yeah, uh but- Darn sure, a nice calf. But. Yeah, and then we had another one out there that won the. See, we won. We had another one that we sold to Harlan Yokum or the Yokums. He was in the pen of five of Denver calves a year before. He was a mm-hmm. who made who, and he we sold him to Copus, I believe, and he wins his class. And we were in the next class, I believe, the second class, or the what or whatever that would have been, middleweight class. And I believe Bobby's was probably the class after. So we had all three of them steers were standing out there, and Dwayne was just like, "We're gonna get beat. We ain't gonna get nothing." Because that other mm. one we sold was pretty nice, yep. but we ended up getting reserved. And hell, I mean that's that's all right, you know. That's good. Absolutely. I mean, for those good for that Ferg family, and you know, absolutely so. lifetime win for sure. Uh, underdog win. I mean, I don't uh, don't know exactly the ins and the outs and the politics of the situation back then. Um, me and my buddy Troy Polyak uh, won the American Royal in two thousand three with a Blue Roan, and that was just like. You wouldn't expect a young punk like me and Troy to go into the American Royal 20 years old now today and be able to do something because it's so freaking competitive yep. with uh, the Bonhams and the Gretzkas and uh, yep. whoever it may be. But I just remember specific, <laughs> specifically on that year with the Ferks, uh, they're just kind of an underdog family. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. It was just you wouldn't expect yep. their ne- non-name brand. And that's great whenever that sort that, of situation perks up. Good. It's been an awesome podcast. Uh, we can do more in the future if you'd like to, but we like to try to keep these things 10 to 15 minutes. This yeah. podcast is rolling. Matt, let's throw this in there real quick since Zach's on there, on here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been doing this. I've been doing this on my own since Dwayne got sick there back in the mid, I don't know when the hell that was, 2008, nine, And I just kind of took over Hilbert Showsters on my own and, and Zach's been a good friend and, and helps me out with a lot of stuff. And I mean, I wanted to throw that out yeah. there since he's on here with us. So yeah, he's a good oh, old boy. I, well, I, I, mean, I, I knew Dwayne. I mean, Dwayne and my grandpa on my mom's side were good yeah. friends. My grandpa. Oh, yeah. Friends. So mm-hmm. I, I always knew Dwayne, seen Dwayne, didn't really know David. And I met him through an ex girlfriend. And 
I think we mm-hmm. just kind of became really good friends for yep. I don't know, probably a decade now. So oh, yeah, quite a while. I think I think uh me- memory serves me. I think me and dad and Paul Clapp drove up to uh Laverne or wherever the funeral was with yep. in a in a car and then Bobby May came in from Wisconsin. And anyways, Dwayne was a unique individual. I mean you would never forget him if you met right. him. I'm not sure if you could ever compare him to anybody in recent recent times or anything, but uh, a true character, and and that I mean that with the utmost sincerity. There's nobody else like Dwayne Hilbert in my career. I mean, even since I got out of school, I'm talking about before I got out of school and all through the '90s. Whenever I was a young whippersnapper, uh, you just when you came into contact with Dwayne Hilbert, you always remembered it because he yeah. was a unique fella. So. Right. I appreciate your time, guys. All right, Matt. Thank you. See Thank ya. you. Thank you. See you, Zach. Yep. See you. This is a message to all you young punks out there. Uh, <laughs> David Bradford and Dwayne Hilbert and Shiny Hilbert uh, rocking and rolling back in the 80s and 90s and David has carried the torch on in the 2000s and 2010s.